friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Wednesday, February the 23rd. Wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this, I wish you God's grace and God's life and God's goodness today, my friends, within, around, among you. Uh, We celebrate a feast day today, and it is that of St. Polycarp. We're going to talk a little bit about very little, to be honest with you, because truth is I know very little of St. Polycarp other than I don't wish to bear his name. But um, we're going to talk a little bit about Polycarp uh, later on in the show. And we are going to read a little bit more of James because it's just too good not to. But we have a very short gospel today to read. Uh, but it's a good one. Gosh, uh, short and pure. It's, uh, it's good. Before we do that, hey, I know yesterday's pod was dropped later in the day. Don't know exactly what happened with the server. Uh, it just wasn't letting me access it and upload, so it may have just had a, uh, a little you know, upgrade or something was going on, and uh, it was down for a little bit. So hopefully that won't be a problem moving forward. So we've had that. We've had you know, just microphone issues that decide to get loud all of a sudden. I mean, who knows what's coming next? I, I can't tell you. We just ride the waves, my friends. So in the meantime, let's break open God's word and see what God has for us today. Mark chapter 9, verses 38 to 40. Let's break open God's word. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. John said to Jesus, Teacher, we saw someone driving out demons in your name, and we tried to prevent him because he does not follow us. Jesus replied, Do not prevent him. There is no one who performs a mighty deed in my name who can at the same time speak ill of me. For whoever is not against us is for us. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. You know, it's so wonderful. And the word of God is so (laughs) vexing and, and alive. Uh, because, you know, I, I love this, this uh, reading. Not that you know, you know that, but, uh, well, now you do, I guess. But just that last line, for whoever is not against us is for us, is so true in this context. But yet in a different context, Jesus says, for whoever is uh, not for us is against us. Um, Now, you might have thought I just said the same exact thing, but I said it's the exact opposite. (laughs) But yet both make perfect sense in their context. Jesus says here, for whoever is not against us is for us. And in another place in Scripture, he says, but whoever is not for us is against us. Yet both are correct. So odd and so wonderful. But let's break open this one. What's he saying here? Again, my friends, I don't want to pretend to you that I have the answer, but I do believe this is such a pertinent reading for you and I today. Because what I think it deals with, it's all about ego. It's all about ego. It's about who's in, who's not. Who can do something, who can't. Uh, Who has the right title and the right name and is in the right group and who's not. Do you know what it's not about? It's not about, is good being done or not? And that's what Jesus says. 
He says, stop living in that world of, of who's in and who's out. Stop living in, in this world of, do they have a correct title or the correct initials behind their name? Stop listening to, to just whoever's had hands laid on to them by a bishop. Stop listening to whoever belongs to whatever party or whoever belongs to whatever denomination or whoever belongs to whatever organization. Stop this, this idea that these are the people I listen to and these are not. Because then, do you know what we put as the most important thing? Titles and, and uh, organizations and our own agendas and priorities. Why? Because it matches with us and it makes us feel, unco- or feel comfortable. But do you know what the gospel does, brothers and sisters? It is a two-edged sword. If the gospel is not making us uncomfortable, then we're not getting it. And I'm not trying to just play, uh, you know, a, a tough guy role here. What I am trying to say is the word of God should absolutely make us uncomfortable. If we have grown too comfortable with it, it means we're not seeing the fullness, the, the height, the depth, the breadth, and the length of the word of God. It's, it's become a pet. And brothers and sisters, the word of God, in fact, I'd even say even broader than that, God is, is not to be tamed. God is ultimately uh, wild, and I mean that in the best sense of the word. Not, not you know, uh, to be feared in the sense, I mean, we do talk about the fear of the Lord, so I don't want to knock on that, but, but I think that's more of a reverence, an awe, an a understanding of who God is and who I am not, an understanding of, of what God's property or, or, or uh, who, who God is ultimately. But, but that wildness that I speak of is not an uncontrolled one. You know, it's the, it's the one, oh, and I'm going to say it poorly, for you fans of uh, C.S. Lewis and the Chronicles of Narnia. Um, there's, there's this episode, and I want to say it's the, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, but again, um, I, I'm going to say it imperfectly, but I know it's in the, in the Chronicles, where uh, the young boy, I want to say his, his name is Edmund, I don't know these books nearly as well as Lord of the Rings. You can tell that already, huh? Uh, the beavers, he's at the home of the beavers, and the beavers are, you know, they're good people, and they're, they're friends with Aslan, who, of course, is the Jesus character. Um, and, uh, and, and in the midst of this dinner, Edmund, who is fiercely afraid of Aslan, realizes that the beavers have invited Aslan over, and, and Edmund, you know, just hits the, the roof, and he's like, you know, I... I you can't invite him over. Uh, he's 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 um, wild. He's he's untamed. He's uh, he he he's he's fearful. And uh, and the beavers look at him and said, "We never said that he was not wild, or or untamed, or or to be feared. We said he was good." And that's the distinction. You know, brothers and sisters, the word of God, God and God, God and God's self is is wild and fearful and and, and fearful in the, in the sense of not to be controlled, not beyond us um, and untamed. But but is good. Now, how on earth did I get on that diatribe? Um, but what he's talking about here is this idea of. Ego and and us separating 
what's in and what's out and our own comfort and our own agenda that we want to be in control, where ultimately I think, and I think this is where I got there, is we've got to be realize that we are not in control and that's an okay place to be. Why? Because we can fall then into the arms of Jesus Christ. And what's, what Jesus is, is pointing at here, brothers and sisters, is let's look beyond the names, let's look beyond the titles, let's look beyond the positions, let's look beyond the organizations and ask ourselves, is good being done or is it not? And if good is being done, then they're not against us. They're for us, regardless of what titles they come with or what colors they, they appear to be in or, or what side of the world that they are from and, and what name or flag is above them. Is good being done? And brothers and sisters, we have been baptized into Christ and, uh, and through God's great goodness, have been given the mind of Christ and the heart of Christ. And we need to be able to judge whether an act or an action is good or not and whether it builds the kingdom of God up or not. Along with God's great help and with the grace that God brings and with others, because we never do this on our own, but to look beyond the distinctions. Because, as the, the saying goes, politics makes strange bedfellows, right? I'm not inviting us to to talk politics here. What I am inviting to say, in building the the kingdom of God, we will have strange bedfellows as well. That we will find that um, ally, can I use that word? That disciple, that co-worker in the vineyard, in strange places and unexpected. And that's okay. Because that's what Jesus is teaching John here. Stop looking at, at the who's and the where's and the, and, the, and the what's. Let's look at what's happening. Because anyone who is advancing good, who is advancing the kingdom of God, being more lived in, in a reality here on this earth, they walk with us and they are for us, not against us. Let's talk about James real quick. Um, it's Again, I'm not going to speak much of it, but it's just too good to, to pass up. James chapter 4, it's in the middle of the chapter. We pick up in verse 13. I'm going to read about two or three verses to you. simply says this. Now, James, James is never one to mince words. Beloved, he says, come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we shall go into such and such a town, spend a year there doing business and make a profit. You have no idea what your life will be like tomorrow. You are a puff of smoke that appears briefly and then disappears. Instead, you should say, if the Lord wills it, we shall live to do this or that. I just love that because it's so true. You know, first of all, how many of us have not said, you know, next year, this is my plan. You know, whether it's to make a profit or not, that's an example, but certainly one for our, our day and age, no doubt about that, right? But the idea that we are making plans for next week or next year. And, and you know what? That's okay. That's okay. But what James is saying is stop saying that's going to happen. Why? Because our lives are but vapor. They're a puff of smoke. Right? This is not just James. The writer of Ecclesiastes, Koheleth, says the same thing. We're but smoke. 
vapor, a puff of smoke. And uh, instead, God willing, God willing, this is where I hope to be. But you know what? Even saying God willing, it's like, okay, which means I've got to be open to, to changes perhaps as, as well. My friends, listen, I'm in a glass house here, so I am not preaching to you. I am preaching to me. But this whole idea of being in control, gosh, we like it because it's a comfortable place. But sometimes we got to trust ourselves uh, to the wildness but trustworthiness of our God, knowing that even on this tightrope on which we walk, uh, that, that God is the safety net uh, beneath. I was just praying with somebody today, and they had the divine mercy uh, on their wall, and I just love that. I love the picture, but I love where it invites us. Jesus, I trust in you. Amen. That's where our trust is, not any of this other stuff. So who on earth is St. Polycarp? Well, Again, I, I know very precious little of St. Polycarp. Here's what I know. The, the word is, and you know word is always correct. The word is that he was a direct apostle, disciple of the Apostle John, uh, which makes sense because ultimately he came to be bishop at Smyrna. Well, we all know Smyrna, right? Um, Smyrna is... You know, you can throw a stone from Smyrna to the island of Patmos, and Patmos was where, supposedly, or at least legend has it, that John was exiled, right? The, the Apostle John. Which makes sense, then, that, that um, Polycarp would have been perhaps over on Patmos and a disciple at the feet of John, and then went across the, you know, just off the island. And what would have been Greek territory at the time, but what you and I would look at today as Turkey, modern-day Turkey, in the time Asia Minor, it wouldn't have been far from Ephesus, wouldn't have been far from uh, a number of those those cities. Corinth would have been more in Greece. Ephesus is in modern-day Turkey. Smyrna would be in modern-day Turkey. But anyway, he was a believer and, and came to be bishop, and he was so well-revered that when there was, uh, in the second century, a dispute as to naming when Easter was going to be, and trust me, that was a dispute in the early church, uh, Asia Minor was... Uh, able to send one voice to the Pope at the time uh, and, uh, and, you know, give some, some thoughts on that. And they, all of Asia Minor, chose um, Polycarp to, to be that person. And ultimately, I think what, what is good for us to know about Polycarp, in the midst of all these Roman persecutions that were going on at the time, because again, this is late first century, most likely early to mid-second century when he passed away, about 155. Um, is even in the midst of the faith that he followed and was a bishop of, that, that it was called to be illegal, he continued to shepherd his flock and he continued to uh, feed them and care for them, even to the point where ultimately it cost him his life at the age of, gosh, I want to say like 86, somewhere, give or take. Um, even at that age, uh, he was willing to be martyred and, uh, and be that witness for Christ uh, in that way. Um, which I think invites us to say, okay, uh, who are those I'm called to, to feed and, she- and shepherd and care for today? In the midst of what is a whole lot easier um, 
environment than, than one that he had to deal with. But, but who are those sheep entrusted to me? In, in the best sense of that, not a condescending sense. Who are those people entrusted to me that I get to shepherd uh, with my life as well? Let's pray, my friends. So we begin as we begin all things in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The third uh, luminous mystery, the proclamation of the gospel. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Polycarp, pray for us. My friends, bless you on this Wednesday. Uh, May your day be filled with every good. And I look forward to us breaking open more of God's word tomorrow. God's peace.